Every time it is sung, you know, when, when they started worship now, they started singing it, I was like, oh, wow, awesome. Then when they ended with it, I was like, ah, that is double wow. Why? Because where I come from, uh, where my mom comes from, rather, somewhere in uh, um, Oshun State, those days when we were young, when, do we, when we used to go to the village, um, when the old women come out to welcome um, anybody that they feel is higher placed than them, they, they go on their knees and they, they twist their hand round like this and bring it out and they say, Oshubareri. What it means is that with everything inside of them, they are worshiping and adoring you. They are giving you honor, giving you praise. So when we sing that song, I want us to sing it with all the meaning, with all the essence that we can capture. Glory be to God. You're welcome to Thrive, and um, thank you for joining in. If this is your first time, uh, I, didn't, I didn't plan what I just said now. If this is your first time joining us at Thrive, we thank you for joining. Uh, we welcome everybody all over the world, uh, and um, we trust that we're going to have an amazing time this evening studying the Word of God. Um, for some weeks now, we've been studying the book of James, and it's been very expository, and um, we continue today, all right? We continue today from where we left it, all right? So um, last week, um, we, we, we studied um, Luke chapter, uh, James chapter 4, beginning from verse 1 to 7, uh, and this, I mean, this, this lady emphasis on the on the uh, the Jewish Christians in the early church and the battles that they were struggling with them. There was a lot of conflict, and um, that was essentially what was captured. Um, James saw that the, the conflicts in the church at that time appeared in what we would today call um, like a clear and present danger. You know, when they say something is a clear and present danger, uh, it's something not to be ignored. It's something to take as priority. Uh, it's like um, a plague, like COVID, ravaging the whole world. Anybody that just ignores it is ignoring it to uh, ignoring it to its peril. Uh, clear and present danger is it could be tantamount to um, a terrorist group attacking a, a state, attacking a country, or attacking a community. You don't take those kind of things for grant granted. And the same way. There was conflict in the church at that time, and James came out confronting it. He said clearly, he says, what is causing the quarrels? That was verse 1 last year. He said, what is last week? He said, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? 
James saw the need to address the presence of conflicts as important, and he did. Confronting conflicts is usually something that, uh, as Christians, we, we try to avoid, you know. Um, all that was talked about last week from verse 1 to 7, if I was to summarize it, I would say we looked at the source of conflicts and the consequences of conflicts. We, we established that the source of the conflicts, even based on the scripture that I just read now, is we established that the source is usually from within us. Uh, verse 2 says, you want what you don't have, you, you, so you skin and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So the conflict starts from within, within us, and ends up manifesting on the outside. That was established last week. Um, we, we also established the fact that uh, there are consequences to these conflicts, and they are manifesting all around us today. We see wars, we see tribal divisions, we, we, we see even in, in homes, marriages, you see competition between husband and wife, between children, between siblings, you see competition between children in the same household, competing for laurels in school, competing for favor from mommy and daddy, and on and on like that. The consequences of all these conflicts are manifesting around us. Selfishness, lust. Because how do you explain why someone that is not married is trying to be in a relationship with, with a, someone that is married. It's simple. One thing, you they have what you don't have and you want to get it. It all starts with us and the consequences just keeps rolling on and on. That thing that makes us to think about ourselves alone above any other is, is what we have to deal with. Praise God. The, the reality is that once we are Christians, we are expected to, it, it would have been so sweet if as soon as we say we are born again and we give our lives to Christ, this is our flesh, which is the hosts of this lust, this selfishness, these things that causes the conflict. The conflict. Well, it, it would have been just so perfect if as soon as we get born again, the flesh just dies. You know, but again, it is as it is not so, and it is as it is right now. We all struggle with different things that are that 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 are, that um, uh, it's different emotions, different things inside of us that we've been that we've done for so many years that even when we give our lives to Christ, we we struggle to let them go. You know, um, I was discussing with a friend of mine in church about um, a pastor. One firebrand pastor, solid guy, you know, uh, man of God, in, as you would say. Who, uh, and in spite of all the amazing work that this man was doing, he still had a reputation for his temper. You know, that you, people would say things like, that pastor, ah, <laughs> don't uh, be careful around him. As amazing as he was, as he would pray, God was using him to heal people, to deliver people, but his temper was still all around him. So, again, we all have different things that we are struggling with. Some could be excessive eating. It could be as simple as that. You know, maybe you're just a gluten, and because of that, 
you are, you know, you are following scriptures that says occupy till I come. <laughs> you know, we all have things that we're struggling with. Amen. So James identified this clear and present danger as the lost abiding in our flesh. He declares that all animosities and contentions, wars and fightings proceed from our own lustful desire, desires. War starts first within before it breaks forth without. If there, were, if, there was, if there was no fight within ourselves, there will be no fighting with others. And this is huge because if we are not internalizing the struggling, the, the things that, was, that we're struggling with, if it's not causing issues inside of us, it will never be able to manifest and come out. All right, praise God. So, pride and covetousness, envy and ambition within cause men to injure one another. Worldly and sensual lust first war in us, disturbing our peace and eventually disturb the common peace around us. Apostle Paul, I mean, maybe he put this in the scriptures just to encourage us also, so that we don't think that we are alone in this struggle with the flesh. Romans 7, 18 to 23, he says, All I know that, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life. This Apostle Paul saying that, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. This was Apostle Paul, already born again. At the time he was writing this, writing, writing this, it was matured. He was writing to the Romans and was talking about the things that he was also still struggling with. He went on further again in Galatians 5, 17. He says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desire that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You know, Apostle Paul was essentially saying that, look, these struggles, and we'll talk about how we're going to win later, but these struggles are real and we cannot ignore it. Because that was what was happening in the church then, with why James had to confront it. We cannot ignore it. We have to confront it. We have to fight it. We have to face up to it and, and deal with it so that we can begin to do what God would have us do. You know, um, this week I saw a video um, which, in a way, just describes what Apostle Paul was talking about here. So let's, let's have the video. <laughs> okay, glory be to God. All right. See that poor boy saying, it's not, it's my brain, it's not me, it's not my spirit, that it is my brain that is making me to do what he did. And he, I mean, that just depicts the kind of struggles that we all face on a daily basis. I can relate to that boy because when I was much younger, 
my brain also used to make me to do things that after I've done it, me too, I will question myself, ah, oh God, what happened now? <laughs> but praise God, you know, so we, we move from there. So that was the summary of what happened last week in terms of the source of the conflicts in the church, the consequences of the conflict in church. And today, I'd like us to maybe look at the core, the cure of the conflicts in the church. You know, James does not share these things that, that would be all these things we've talked that we talked about. Did I say yeah? James does not share these things to depress us or to discourage us, but rather to alert us to the battle that we must constantly face. We can never give up or give in. We must fight and win the war that rages within us. Our flesh wars against the spirit. If the believer is to win this fight, he must turn from selfish pride to godly humility, from judgment to justice, from boasting to belief. In other words, each of us wars within ourselves. We war with each other. We are at war with God. How does the warfare look? The principle at work is our, in, our, uh, in our flesh is lost, which is a desire to get what we want at the expense of others. The, the principle at work in our spirit is love, which is a desire to meet the needs of others at the expense of ourselves. I mean, that is huge. Because when, we, when, we're, when we're struggling, what we're really struggling with is a choice. Should I do my will or do the will of the Spirit of God that is inside of me? No? So the, we need to understand that the principle at work in our flesh is lost, which is the desire to get what we want at the expense of others. The principle at work in our spirit is love, which is a desire to meet the needs of others at the expense of ourselves. If we are going to live victorious Christian lives, we must understand three things about the conflict. That is the cause, the consequence, which we talked about last week, and the cure. Praise God. So, going into the Bible reading of today, I will read it very quickly. James 4, 5 to 10. James 4, 5 to 10. It says, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives, and he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter, and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Praise the Lord. So we go straight into the cure. The cure for the conflict is captured in verse 5 to 10. Number one cure is we need to be sensitive to the Spirit. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit. Verse 5 says, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the Spirit has, he has, that the Spirit he has placed within us 
should be faithful to him. God has given every man a spirit. That is what he breathed in us when we were created, when Adam was created. So every one of us has the spirit of God in us. The spirit that he has placed in each of us is faithful to God. According to the scriptures we just read now. It says, they say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. So that spirit that God has placed in us cannot be converted to not be faithful to God. That spirit cannot rebel. That spirit, that spirit is always faithful to God and won't misdirect us out of the will of God. We can choose not to obey it, which a lot of us do most times. We can choose not to obey it, but it, it will still tell us the right thing to do. Which is why a lot of times when we, 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 we find ourselves in a place of conflict, conflict arises when you have to face, when you have to make a choice between two or more options. That's when conflict arises. So the conflict is always about choosing the way of God or choosing the way of flesh. It's about choosing the way of the spirit or choosing the way of the brain, like that boy, <laughs> like that boy said, you know? So that conflict, once it arises, we need to know that the spirit of God inside of us is faithful to God and will never misdirect us. We miss our way most times when we are not sensitive to what the spirit is saying. We need to learn to tune into the spirit's frequency. Remember that was the time that pastor took us on a teaching. I can't remember the, name, the title of that series now. You know, he, 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 he practically brought a radio on, uh, um, to the auditorium and was tuning it to a different station, different frequency. And I mean, that's, that is the same way it works. You need to tune into this frequency that the spirit inside of you is operating in so that you can hear accurately. You know, th there's a radio station that I listen to a lot, 99.3. I know almost all the presenters on that station, almost all of them. And if, as it is right now, even if I'm flicking through the station, say on the radio, all I need to all I need to do is to hear any one of them talking, and immediately I know that oh, that's ninety nine point three Nigeria Info FM. Hey, am I doing free advert advertisement? Anyway, all I need to do is just hear the 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 voice of any of most any of the presenters, be it the sports presenters, be it the news presenters. Any one of them, all I need to do is to just air, and I know that, oh, that is the station. That is exactly how we also should be able to know when the Spirit is talking to us and trying to direct us. Again, it doesn't just happen like this. It's something you build over time. It's something you work on. It's something you work on. Yes, at times you make a mistake. You may think, oh, that is uh, that radio station only for you to discover. No, 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 no. That's not that radio station. Yes, same thing. You At times you make a mistake. I say, okay, is, is that the spirit of God? Maybe you didn't hear well. You go off, do the, right, do, do the wrong thing. The, the good thing about those kind of things is that when God knows that you are deliberately trying to follow him, even if you go off tangent, he has is a beautiful, good, amazing, wonderful God. He will not leave you astray. He will bring you back. That's how it works. So you need to practice. You need to fine tune your hair. 
you become more and more sensitive to the spirit until you get perfectly alert. When, when you are in tune with the heart of God by the leading of the spirit, you will begin to see conflicts melt away. The things that would have caused conflict will simply be melting away. The earlier you start practicing to tune in, the faster you get in tune. Now, when we're talking about hearing the Spirit, in God's favorite house, like I said, there's been a teaching on that. You can go online, search for it, or maybe your contact church office will be able to get you the topic, and uh, or, or even right now online. If you can reach out to any of the online pastors, they'll be able to give you the information about the topic. But again, beyond that, even in God's favorite house, if you are struggling with hearing God, if you are struggling with knowing what, is, what the mind of God is concerning you, if you are struggling with being sensitive to the Spirit, we have NCR for you. One of the classes in NCR, one of the teachings in NCR is, is called Hearing from God. It's about 30, 45 minutes teaching. And I can, I can guarantee you that once you go through that class, your hair will open. You will begin to hear as your heart will hear. So if you haven't attended NCR, this Sunday is a perfect time, perfect time to join in and begin to get more sensitive to the Spirit of God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know, when you, when you like we said, when you, when you get aligned with the Spirit of God, conflicts just begin to melt away. Conflicts just begin to melt away. Hallelujah. Number two, the second cure, number two, is that you need to humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before God, verse 6, 7, and 10. It says, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. So it's absolutely important that we humble ourselves. Now, the thing about this humbling ourselves is that we have to be the one to do it ourselves. You know, when, when, when I got born again and uh, I, I read this scripture, it shocked me. It shocked me. <laughs> Because why did this shock me? Was I, I, I was afraid. I said, ah, God himself is the one that opposes the proud. Ah, where do you even want to start from? If you choose to be, remain proud, if you choose to carry shoulder, for who? For God. <laughs> if God does anything to you, who do you want to go and report to? Who do you want to go and complain to? That I borrowed myself brain sharp. I am. Uh, Gentle, you know, the, praise God, think about it. Look at how, what Pharaoh did. God said, let my people go. Pharaoh was forming, I know, who is this God? Who is he? Was carrying shoulder for God. See how it ended. Now compare Moses, uh, sorry, Pharaoh's response to letting the children of Israel go, compared to King Abimelech in um, Genesis, Genesis 21 to 16. Let me see if I can quickly read it there. 
yeah, Genesis 20, one to, one, I won't read everything, but I'll just read it and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it as we go. Abraham moved south to the Negev and lived for a while between Kadesh and Shaw. This is Genesis 20, 1 to, 1 to 16. That's the story. And then he moved on to Gera. While living there as a foreigner, Abraham introduced his wife, Sarah, by saying, she is my sister. So King Abimelech of Gera sent for Sarah and had her brought to him at his palace. Now, this was a king that, you know, you know when Yoruba will say, the king will say, Mogbeseli, he just heard that one fine babe has entered town. He didn't even say, okay, let me go and look for it. I bring her. I put my foot down. Mogbeseli, you don't understand? I take her over. So King Abimelech of Gera sent for Sarah and Ada brought to him at his palace. But that night, God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, you are a dead man. For that woman you have taken is already married. <laughs> you are a dead man. <laughs> ah. But Abimelech had not slept with her yet. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Didn't Abraham tell me she's my sister? And she herself said, yes, he is my brother. I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. See, as he just said, God, I know did there. Oh. I know <laughs> I, I didn't do it. It's not, it's not on purpose. Oh. I don't know. No, no, uh, uh. You know, he, he, he just behaved himself. He humbled himself. He didn't throw and say, oh, me, a king. What kind of dream is this? Begin to look for dream interpreters. He just did what? He behaved himself immediately and he apologized. He said, I, I, I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. Verse 6, in the same dream, God responded, yes, I know you are not proud. I know you are humble. I know you are innocent. That's why I kept you from sinning against me and why I did not let you touch her. Think about it. The king heard that I was a fine babe in town. Asked that they should bring the fine babe immediately. Then the babe came and he did not move immediately. That shows someone that is ready to follow the will of God. And that's why God could also say, Yes, I know you are innocent. I know your heart. I know you are not a wicked person. I know you will not take where you have not, I know you will not go and put your hand in another person's cookie jar. Can God say that about you? Can God say that about you? Remember I said earlier on that when we think we hear God and we, uh, we are erring, we're, we're going on the wrong direction by not erring well, because God is a good and beautiful and kind and merciful God, he has a way of redirecting us back on course that we will not go astray. That's exactly what happened to Abimelech. Why? Because Abimelech was a godly man. If you look at it also, I'll read um, blah, 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 blah. Now, that's why I kept you from sinning against me and why I did not let you touch her. Now, return the woman to her husband and he will pray for you, for he is a prophet. Then you will leave. But if you don't return her to him, you can be sure that you and all your people will die. In short, God was saying that I am your spirit. God is like in this instance now, his spirit in him, telling him, do the right thing. But if you refuse, you don't do it, you don't yield to the spirit. You follow your craving, you follow your lust, then the bad things will happen. Verse 11. 
when Abimelech went to Abraham and said, ah, why, why did you do all of this to him? What did Abraham say? He said, Abraham replied, I thought this is a godless place. Meaning he was saying that, ah, I didn't know you people, I, I thought you people didn't know God, you do evil in this place. That's why I concocted that plan. But apparently, they also knew God. They also knew God, even before Abraham got there. Hallelujah. So God was also already talking to people like the Abimelechs before he called even Abraham to become his friend. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So look at, compare Pharaoh's response to God vis-a-vis -vis King Abimelech's response to the same God. Pharaoh carried shoulders. King Abimelech did what? He humbled himself and his life was spared. So, second cure to conflicts is that you must humble yourself before God. You must humble yourself before God. Hallelujah. The third cure to conflicts is very close to humble to God. It's called submit to God. Submit to God. You know, submit to God, I was doing a research, say submit to God is a military term that actually means get in proper rank. Get in proper rank. When I read this, I remember those days when I was in secondary school, I was a member of the boys' brigade. Boys' brigade, yeah. Boys' brigade of Nigeria. And you know, anytime we go for practice, we usually go on Saturdays. Um, we'll get there, of course, we'll play around, we we'll play football, we we'll do all sorts. It was just fun. We were all young boys having fun in the house of God, you know. And so anytime our captain comes, I remember the command, he will shout there, they will blow the whistle. All of us immediately will stand at attention wherever it is we are. And the next thing will be, Maka, fall in line. So the tallest person just goes and stands in front of the captain. Bah! At attention. Then the next command will be, uh, how, do, how do you say it again now? Tallest on the right, shortest on the left. Maka, take post. Company, fall in. Then all of us will just be running. Guru, 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 guru. At that time, we are running to just line up. And we are going to line up in order of our height. Tallest on the right, shortest on the left. In that instance, rank does not count. Age does not count. Background does not count. Nothing counts. Why? Because at that point, we are submitting ourselves. Whatever it is you think, we, I mean, our ranking there used to be stripes. So we used to have one stripe, two stripes, three stripes, and on and on like that. Then after a while, we start wearing liar. That shows the different levels of uh, ranks. When we say tallest on the right, shortest on the left, marker, take post, company, fall in. Everybody just aligns. We submit ourselves to the authority. We all submit ourselves and just fall in line. Everything just goes according to heights. It's not important whether you are a captain or you are a junior. It doesn't matter. Everybody aligns. And that is that kind of submission is what God expects also. Because when we are able to submit ourselves wholly like that, conflicts would not arise. Because conflicts, again, one of the things that causes it is ego. Pride. Do you know who I am? Do you know who, who, who you are talking to? Who are we? Who are? <laughs> Conflicts arise based on that. But when we choose to submit totally, conflict melts away. Submission is an attitude of love that 
desires to obey. It is possible to be obedient without submission, but it is impossible to submit without being obedient. The idea is to continually to bow, the, the idea is to continually bow to all of God's decisions and hold on to his word. Submitting is closely linked to humbling yourself before God. Hallelujah. Number four cure. Number four cure. Number four cure to conflict is that we need to draw near to God. Draw near to God. And we'll find that in verse 8. Verse 8 says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. While God is calling on us to come, we have to be. If you look at even all that we've been talking about since, resist the devil and all the, all the things that was in James chapter 4, everything that James has talked about here are the things that we need to do. Draw near to God. Scriptures, the scripture says, come close to God and God will come close to you. You need to take the first step, albeit tiny step. The agreement is come near, I will come to you. So just imagine God's giant step. Just imagine it is, this is God's full step and this is yours. So God is saying, you don't worry, trust me. Just take this little full step and I'm coming closer to you with this giant full step. Take that first step. Take that first step. Draw near to him. When you draw near to him, what begins to happen is that you begin to see things the way God sees things. You, the, the things that are important to God begins to become important to you. When you draw near to him, you begin to see how all the things that, um, that represent a conflict around you. You just look around, you won't see them again. You know, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was about, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm presently in, in the prayer department in, in God's favorite house. And I remember like a couple of years ago, uh, I, I was going through a phase in my life and um, things were really tough in different directions. You know, it was just like as if I, I, I offend everybody or I offend God. I don't know, you know. So I, on my own, I just decided, I just, I didn't even speak to pastor. On my own, I just walked into one of the prayer videos. You know, in God's favorite house, we have a daily prayer video, you know, and um, uh, it goes on every day in church every day we're praying we have a video and we're praying and we're praying and we're praying so i just walked into the prayer team, the, uh, video and i joined them when i was coming my mindset was ah okay when we pray we'll have opportunity to drop prayer points then all of us will begin to you know scalabush and pray 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 until god answers all the prayers but i was shocked i got in there there was never room for our own, as in the people in the praying, there was never room for our own prayer points. All we were praying for was we're praying for the church. We're praying for you. Yes, you that you are looking at me. Yes, we will call you. We will call, we'll pray for you. We we'll pray your God to bless you, God to help your business, God to help your marriage. We we'll pray God to lift up your children, God to heal you. God, we, we just used to pray and pray and pray for the church. We never remember to pray for ourselves. But all of a sudden, I just looked around myself a couple of years after. All those conflicts that I was carrying, coming, thinking I was going to look for, I looked around and I see them no more. Glory be to God. I see them no more. I see them no more. 
Because why? When you draw close to God, you will begin to see with the eyes of God. You will begin to see the things that God is seeing. You will begin to see that, oh, before you, if you are far away from God, when you have a hundred now, all you want to do is to go and buy shawarma and enjoy yourself. Or if you like your wife, you take your wife out and have fun with her. But now when you begin to see as God is seen, you realize that when God brings money or brings a blessing into your life, it's not always just about you alone. You begin to see that there's more that you can do. There are more lives that you can impact. There are school fees to pay. That's, there, there, there is, I mean, see, see uh, what, uh, I mean, the, the Rafa that we're talking about, there are uh, people that need to get health insurance. There are hospital bills to be paid. There are accommodations to be built for the, for the homeless. Plenty of things you need to do, but you will not see this. You will not understand this burden. You will not be able to relate to all these things until you draw close to God. But guess what? God won't yank you here. No, he's waiting for you to take that first step. How be it a small first step? No matter how small, how tiny, just take that first step. So I want to encourage anybody, all of you that are out there also, maybe you want to join and do the same thing I did. There's room, come, come, come and join us in prayer. We're praying, even today we'll still be praying. So feel free, join us, feel free, come. And if your calling or what you want to do for God, in the house of God, maybe it's not prayer, it's fine. Come on Sunday, go to the uh, welcome desk and uh, or to the resource center and put down your name. Say you just want to join the workforce. There's room for you. Please feel free to come in. If you are online and you have a question, please send in your questions into any of the platforms. Uh, when we get to question and answer, when pastor comes online, we will take all the questions. So if you're there, just type out the questions right now and put it on there. Okay, finally, the fifth cure for conflicts, the fifth cure for conflict is that you have to resist the devil and repent from sin. Resist the devil and repent from sin. That you, re you read that air is in verse 7. He says, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. When the scripture says we should resist the devil, it is telling us a few facts. Number one, the devil is real. So anybody that's telling you, ah, no, the devil is just a figure of your imagination. Ha, 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 fa, 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 foul. The devil is real. That's why he's saying resist the devil. So number one, understand that the devil is real. Scripture says resist the devil. That also means that the devil is going to come to entice you. Whether you like it or not, it will throw you a bit. Jesus, only Jesus, the devil came to entice him. Take him up on the mount on the uh, on, at the top of the temple. Show him the whole world. Say, see, see, I'll give you. If the devil can do that to Jesus, who are you? If the devil can do that to the Son of God, the devil did not think he didn't make a mistake. Oh, he didn't, it's not like he didn't know who Jesus was, but he still wanted to try it. 
So who do you think you are that the devil will not attempt to entice you? So number one, you need to know if the Bible says resist the devil, you need to know that it means the devil is real. Two, it means the devil will come to entice you. Three, it means you have to resist the devil, which is very clear. You have to be the one to resist the devil. Then number four, you have been given the power to resist the devil. The scriptures will not say resist the devil when they know that you don't have the power to resist it. So you have been given the power to resist the devil. And when you resist the devil, don't go and snooze. Why? Go back to the beginning because the devil is relentless. He goes around like a roaring liar, like a roaring lion looking for whom to devour. The devil will eventually be destroyed in the lake of fire in hell. But right now, there's no amount of prayer we can pray that will kill the devil. No. So don't think you've won one battle, the devil is dead. No, it's coming back. So when you go, when you understand that the devil is real, when you know that the devil has come to entice you, you know that you have, you have to resist the devil, you know that you now have the power to resist the devil and you begin to resist the devil, go back again to part one. The devil is real. He's out there. And you resist it. To resist the devil involves knowing that the devil cannot be conquered unless we continue to resist him. Strong as he is, God never permits the, uh, permits the devil to conquer the man who continues to resist him. He cannot force the, the devil cannot force the human will. So if you choose to resist the devil, the devil cannot force you and pull you down. No. Any believer in Christ who stands his ground in the awesome name of Jesus will have complete victory over the devil himself in the mighty name of Jesus. The devil and all his demons must flee from that name Jesus and from his, the conquering blood of the Lamb. Repentance is pulling away from the sinful things that you used to do in the past and showing genuine remorse for them. You know, I've seen some people born again, I mean, uh, new, new Christians, you know, and they, they, for example, want to talk about when they were not saved. And you see them saying, ah, that time when I was in the world, ha, I had five girlfriends at the same time, and I was so perfect at it that nobody knew, you know, they, and they will be saying it in such an appealing and attractive way that the people that are not saved, may even be saying, oh, so this thing is possible. Okay, let me go and do this in the world now before time comes. No. You can talk about where you used to be, but you shouldn't be revealing it as if it was a sweet thing that you on your own chose to give up for Christ. No. It is a sin. It is sin. Genuine repentance would mean that when you remember those things, you will be sad. You will be upset with yourself like, how did, I even, how did I find myself in this kind of place? Why did I do these things? You should be sad. And that's why it says here that let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter. So when you are remembering those things that you did in the past before Jesus saved you, let there be sadness instead of laughter. Let there be gloom instead of joy. You shouldn't be saying it with joy, with as if, ah, man, I enjoyed that time. Wow, oh, ah, you people that have not, uh, that have not gone through that place. You missed, oh, me, I don't chop that one pass, I don't move. No, we shouldn't say it like that. We should say it 
as if it is something we regret. And it's actually, it should be something that we regret. Because that time that we were in the world, yes, we didn't know then, but we were actually grieving God at that time. Glory be to God. Okay. At this point, I think we'll, we'll bring in Pastor. Pastor is online. Uh, yeah, so at this point, I, I think I'm done with my teaching. If you have any question, please feel free to bring the question on board. All right. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Pastor Kuli. How are you doing today, sir? I'm, I'm good. Well done. Well done. God bless you. Thank you. Amen, sir. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um, I'm supposed to throw you a question, but I, I have a question, and um, I think I know the answer, but I'll still ask anyway. <laughs> That's fine, right? Very fine. All right. So the, 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 it's just something that just I just think about, and I think someone had asked, asked me some time ago, but we... Of course, when God created the world and he created Adam and Eve, they were perfect, sinless, flawless. And that's why you could just engage with them and everything. Then, of course, sin entered, then they became impure. And then um, Jesus came to bridge that gap, to cleanse us, so that we could again be able to approach God in his holiness and, you know, more like to uh, bridge the gap. All right. So I'm saying to myself that why didn't, instead of God just sending Jesus, why didn't he just press one button that will cleanse the world and move on and, and save us from all these uh, temptations today, <laughs> wahala tomorrow, Satan here and there. You know, it's just, hey, I don't know. But again, like a lot of things, I guess uh, when we get to where we will really understand, I don't know. Okay, so, yeah. so I mean, that's a very, very interesting question. So, how, how would you answer it? I think God wants us to choose him. I think God wants us to, to be conscious and make that conscious decision. Because when we make choices, choices usually cost us something. And when it costs us, we value and appreciate it a lot more. Because um, for Adam, it was like he was born saved. So he didn't even understand what it means not to be saved. He didn't understand, because when you are not saved, you are, the mess, you are at, you are, would I say the mercy now? There's no mercy with Satan. I would have to say you are the mercy of Satan doing anything he wants to you, do to well, you. Well, in that regard, <laughs> you are right. Yeah, you know, but... So for him, he did not understand what it means to, to have pain. He didn't understand what it means to, to you know, look at what God said. Okay, you woman now, from now on, anytime you want to bear now, you will go through pain. Probably what God had designed is they will still have children, but you will just pull out the children as if, a, as if the chicken is laying egg. Okay? Okay? But now... When they know what sin has cost them, they begin to appreciate it more. And I think that's also why God just leaves us in this position that you, I have given you the bridge. I have given you the Savior to bring you to me. 
But you have to walk towards that. You have to come to God. That's, that's, I don't know. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, um, that's pretty correct. And, um, and um, like, like you said in the, at the beginning that uh, many of these things will make more sense by and by when, you, when we, when we, as we continue to look for God and when we see him face to face. But um, I liked that you said that Satan cannot overpower any Christian that resists him. You know, I mean, and, and that, is, that is big and that is huge. However, oh, based on this explanation you just gave, I, I, I have some questions that, may, um, that you may want to help us with, which is, um, okay, God said, in pain, would you give birth? Right? God said, in pain, would you give birth? And God said mm. some other things you know, including your your desire shall be to your husband, you know, and and mm. and God also said to man, uh, from the brow, sweat of your brow, you will mm. you will you will eat. Yes, mm. you, will, you will toil and you will eat. You know, also. Pardon me. You will, you will also now to eat. You also is real now. <laughs> okay, so my question is this. When we come to Christ, right, um, we are sometimes we believe that coming to Christ is being restored back to the garden. And we um, say things like, um, we, the curse is broken, which is correct. Um, we say things like, we should not labor or also uh, or sweat to eat, mm. which is questionable. We say things like um, uh, the woman will not give birth in pain, you know, mm. so which is, which is questionable, you know. We say things like uh, unto the Unto, unto your husband, shall your desires be, um, doesn't exist anymore, which is questionable. So what do you have to say about that? So does it mean that um, once we come to Christ, you know, um, all these things are gone, you know, and, you know, what would you say? Hmm. Oh, deep. <laughs> <laughs> But my, I mean, my first initial response will be that Eden was a model of heaven. More it like that. Eden, okay. Eden was a model of, like a model, a headly model of uh, heaven. Yeah. And when they missed it, that chapter was closed. Now, the relationship with God is what Jesus came to restore. And, and, and um, if you can find that relationship, you can still be able to tap into what is going on in heaven, 
without necessarily just walking fully into it. You will still yeah. be able to experience it. Like mm -hmm. Wama Jilu, Wama mm -hmm. In preparation for when you get there fully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Okay, go on, go on, go on. I'm liking, I'm liking what you're saying. I, I, I finished technically. So it, it's just, the, for me, it's more like, uh, the way I would say it is that the Eden was supposed to let us know physically here what is possible when we get to that other side. We missed it, uh -huh. but at least thank God we have records of it. Uh -huh. So we should we we have it now as something to look forward to. Okay. That that man has also experienced here on earth, you know, where you don't have to toil to get food. You don't have to toil to get your a wife. God will just say it's not good for this boy to be alone. Basibe, and you're all right. <laughs> and that Basibe is not going to be something that you would even be longing for another person's own. It's just going to be perfect. This one is your own and is your specs. Just like that. Everything will just be in order if it's, if it's clothes, whatever. You know, so there's a possibility of that. So when Jesus came and bridged the gap of the broken connection between God and man, he restored the connection between God and man perfectly and now gave us access to be able to now experience that place. But again, going back to costs, going back to, so you now have to pay the price of experiencing that heaven. Oh, okay. So I, I like, I like what you said. You know, can you please interpret, um, Jilo and Basibe, you know, so that for those that don't speak Yoruba, <laughs> can you help us with those two? <laughs> Basibe, like, take and, take and enjoy it. Take, take, just take that one like, uh, I, I wanted to say Jara again. I will have to explain Jara. <laughs> <laughs> take it, take a bit of it. Just enjoy a bit of it, you know. So that that's what the Basibe ethics means. Then uh, Jilo means uh, experience it. It's almost the same thing. It means the same thing. Experience it. Sorry, I forgot yes. I was talking to the international crowd. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, um, so what I hear you say is that. Uh, like that song says, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Glory divine. Absolutely. Where is that assurance? Jesus is mine. So it's, it, we, we, as long as we are on this side of eternity, we can only have a foretaste. Mm. A foretaste is what it is, a foretaste. You know? So Adam was never sick. We can work in divine health. But if you overstress yourself, headache will come in, you know, and you know, if you expose yourself to mosquito necessarily, you know, and if you're not responsible, you can actually fall sick. Was there mosquito in Garden of Eden? I've not I've not I'm sure there is, I'm sure they were. But they were, I'm, I'm, or I'm maybe sure. they, didn't carry, they, they were not carrying the malaria parasite then. Yeah, well, even <laughs> if they were. I, I, but I'm sure that because of the glory of God, you know, <sighs> because of the glory of God, you see, Adam and mm. Eve, were, they were close in God's glory. Mm. They didn't need mm. physical apparel. So today, 
are physical up their physical apparels that repel mosquitoes. They are mm. uh, mosquitoes treated um, clothes for children. They are nets, mosquito nets that mosquitoes cannot penetrate. Cannot penetrate. So yeah. that glory that God has over them shielded them from all those things, you know, and mm. made every other thing in that place honor them and bow to them because of mm. the God, of the God in them. Which was mm. why the first thing is they saw that they, ah, they were naked. They were like, ah, what's going on? You know, I mean, mm. but technically they've been, they've been naked all through, you know. Mm. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so mm. thank you very much. That is, that's amazing, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. So, but just a, a quick note for, you know, for the Christian that says that he doesn't want to sweat, he doesn't want to work hard or sweat or, because that is the sign of the cost. And so you would rather sit at home and, and, and play Nintendo, you know, so that, you know, or, <laughs> or the women rights movement that to say, power to the women, you know, mm. we, our desire cannot be to our husband because we are, you know, blood bots, you know, <laughs> sanctified. <laughs> You know, so so what would Pastor K say today? <laughs> ah, they will, they will meet you there. <laughs> As you lay your bed, you lie on it. You know, that's the thing about this life. You, you can't cheat. You can't cheat. Some some principles are there, or, and especially if it's a principle set by God, you can't cheat it. Those, I don't have the percentage uh, facts now, but a lot of those women write something, something. They don't have steady homes, a lot of them. They, because they they can't bring themselves low to staying under cover of a man. They don't even believe that there should be anything like cover. Say, what what's the cover for? For what now? I can cover myself. <laughs> you know? So a lot of they struggle in those areas. The guy also that says, I'm a Christian, why should I toil? Why should I labor? He didn't read his Bible well. Because if he does, he will also know that the same scripture says that the man that should not that does not work should not eat. So he should go on perpetual fast. So they, they will find they will meet it there. If again all those people, all those kind of people, the truth is that it, it's just a matter of time. Time will tell. There's one of my uh, football-loving friends like that, the supporter of Arsenal, is always saying time will tell. <laughs> So it, it, it's, it's a matter that's of the, time. That's the new motto of are you are you trying to say that's the new motto of Asana? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> Before the Asana fans start throwing bottles at us here now. <laughs> anyway, so it's 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 a matter of time will tell. If you want to go against the principles that have been laid out by script in scriptures by God. To 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 make life to function, just wait. Time will tell. A lot of those kind of people, you can't even convince them out of their out of their logic. You just have to leave them to learn and love them out as of, they are. Out of their shenanigans. Okay. Thank you for the answer. Yes, I don't know. Is there any question online? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's any question online. Okay, so 
Do you have anything else to say, sir? Or should we go ahead and take our offerings? Yes, please. Go ahead. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you again, Pastor. Okay, I mean, well done. Amazing session. And God Thank bless God, you sir. in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord Amen. bless you and keep you. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give him. Amen. And so it is and shall be in Amen. Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen. Amen. Okay, Amen. so um, God's favorite house, it is a year of lifting, and we are lifted all the all way. The way all on eagle's wings. Amen. <laughs> awesome. Amen. God bless you too, sir. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.